Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to health care, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. This is Dumpty Dum, sponsored by managers. This is Bob Marley for Royfield. Today, our thoughts and prayers to whichever God you support go out to God Squad Mia, who's currently in hospital. She is recovering, which is awesome news, and we look forward to having her back at work in Newcastle. But if you heard Marie Bray do a mashup, this must be Dumpty Dum, the show about the reality docudrama drama that is centred on Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I'm Royfield Brown, who is with Gene Harvey and Pat Fletcher, as I'm against Ian's pizza ban be part of the village fate and today i'm joined by the bright as a new pin jacqueline berto in sanguin who's rather hot scale of one to 50 million how hot are you today jacqueline 30 million 30 b- million billion 
Indeed. Yeah, absolutely. Whatever you say, yeah. I'm so hot. I can't argue with you. Whatever figure you want to put on it. <laughs> and now it's 11. No, it's 10.30 at night and I'm still very, very hot. But everybody is, aren't they? So let's get on with yeah, this. That's true. That's true. We're not telling anybody anything they didn't know. We're hot. They're hot. Everyone's hot. On this week's thank uh, goodness, this week's don't you don't we we need we need your help, folks, because we've had Marie Bray and her wonderful ditties for the last few weeks, but the cupboard is now bare, officially empty when it comes to dumpty dums. So we need you to go on to speak pipe, play your kazoo, knock your drum, whistle on your penny penny whistle, or whatever the heck it is, or just sing. Get out your two year old and tell them how to do a dumpty dum and record it on speak pipe. Because as of the week after next, there'll be nada. There'll be tumbleweed at the start of the podcast. And we can't have that. On this week's episode, we're lucky enough to hear from Becky Wood. She's awesome. Brian is fantastic. Vicky Cole, my Vicky Cole. And we've got Witherspoon. Ooh. And we've got a tweet. On his holidays. He is. And we've also got a yeah. tweet of the week from 30 Minute Man, a.k.a. the Q Sands. He, he's back, but helping out the podcast. And of course, we're going to have the social media roundup from R. Sandra, who looks into all things Facebook. Now, we're also going to be welcoming our new members to our Facebook group. So if you are new to Dum De Dum on Facebook, why don't you listen out for that at the end of the show? Because you'll get a shout out. You will hear your name. But first, let's look at the week in Ambridge from our Sue, the Queen or Tart. <laughs> Hello lovely people, it's Siri, Green Tart here on the Twitters with another week in Ambridge. It's been a week of three halves this time. Number one, some lovely farming input with the haymaking. I know a lot more about farm equipment than I did last week. Who knew what a telehandler was before now? It was delightful to hear about Oliver's childhood. Part of the calendar haymaking was like Easter and Christmas and all about his gold-bellied tractor just want to mention what a nice young lad Brad is shaping up to be, unlike George, who sounds like he's a right thug in the making. By the end of the week, Brad admitted that he's enjoyed working with Oliver and Tracy gave him permission to enjoy it. As soon as that happened, of course, Oliver's good intentions got Brad the push by finishing early because the telehandler sped everything right up. Now the Horribins can all hate Oliver, especially Chelsea, who is a right little madam. It's back to a proper feud. Number two, is Rosie becoming a bit of a chubster? Ben told the golden child, Pip, that Rosie is medically overweight and it's Pip's problem. Pip went off in high dudgeon, supported by Toby, until Rosie proved too chunky for Poppy's old school clothes. Pip, and I had to sit down at this point, admitted Ben might have a point and she might have to do something about it. I loved Clary saying Rosie was made of strong stuff. Although that she just meant that nothing will phase her at school. All round, I've got to say, I loved Clary this week. Struggling with her biography on the website, not giving too much personal information, warning Susan off saying too much. She also warned Adam about the WI vendetta on the pizza van and gave <laughs> Pip a listening ear. With memories of Poppy going to school without her mum, it's very touching. She was very good on healthy eating advice. Best keep Rosie away from the pizza van, though, Pip. At least your Uncle Ben's allowed to see her again. And number three, Susan shone this week, giving her professional advice about writing biographies for the Bridge Farm website. I always enjoy hearing 
Susan and Clary working in the dairy doing the yogurt. Ambridge is really on the up, according to Susan, with the new cross-country course and the upgrades coming to Grey Gables. It happens that she does have a couple of ideas. Kel's surprise. Now she can supplement it all with her packaging genius using gel-based packs and wood wool to solve the cheese-based delivery service conundrum. Why didn't Helen go to her in the first place? After all, she is a seasoned broadcaster and her expertise in packaging is second to none. And she's going to ensure the fate of the pizza van if it's the last thing she does. I stand in <laughs> awe of the women in Ambridge with the prospect of pizza in the offing sorted by Susan. Shula sorting out equine therapy at the stables. Susan fighting Jean Harvey's oppressive WI takeover. And Rosie's new regime. It's all going average. I'll talk to you next week. Thank you for that, R. Sue. Ooh. Yes, thank you, Sue. Mm-hmm. You know what? I think she's getting better. Quite enjoyed it this week. There, there's an old line from, from Dumdy Dum's past. <laughs> you did. That's very cheeky because she does very well no, anyway. No, she does. She does. <laughs> Any thoughts and feelings on R. Sue, who's the Queen Autart? of uh, last week in Ambridge? Well, I agreed with her that Brad is seems like a nice lad and George is an all outright villain in the making. And I quite liked what she said about Rosie being a chump. Oh, there you go. Right, smashing. Well, I've got a sneaky feeling we might have one or two caller in us. I've got thoughts and feelings about our Rosie and, and, uh, and her weight issues. And or Ooh, let's listen to that. Then. Yeah, and or <laughs> other bits and pieces that went on last week in Ambridge. So, so let's have a little bit of this. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, ninety-six percent replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a thirty-night guarantee. Plus, get fifteen percent off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code Buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, Ambridge 3962. 
Madame Berto, I'm so sorry that we've had problems, technical issues, and it's kept you up a little bit later than normal. I can see you yawning. But without any further ado... Oh, sorry. <laughs> you apologise for yawning. I forgot your video's turned off. And I forget you can see me, can you? Oh, my God, I, I am yawning my head off. But it's not just that. I've been swimming half the week, so all right. I'm just an old woman who's swum too much. <laughs> First off, let's start with... Becky Wood. Hi, I'm Becky Wood, Archer's Oatcake and The Woodbug on Twitter. I wanted to say a few words about Shula and her plans to develop therapeutic riding sessions. As a disability researcher, this really made my ears prick up because some of us have been banging on for years about the lack of disability representation in the archers. Riding as therapy for people with disabilities and health conditions has been around for decades and so it's really surprising that the very holy Shula hasn't thought of it before now. But setting aside the odious Justin's insistence that profit must come before all other considerations, this could represent a way of creating disability storylines and more characters with disabilities. One important point, though, is that people with disabilities don't just take part in riding for therapy, but also as a hobby, as sports people and a career. You only have to look at the Paralympics to know that. It's interesting too that Alice, who has a major health condition herself and admitted the strong therapeutic benefit of coming to the stables has had for her, sees those who need riding as therapy as somehow separate to her. So it's all a bit othering, really. Regardless, I'm looking forward to how and if this storyline actually develops. And I'm also hoping that at some point, the ghost of Topper will intervene and toss Justin off his horse into the water trough. Thank you for that, Becky Wood. Right, right. What do you reckon, Madame Berta? Oh, uh, number one, I know nothing about the countryside. Number two, I know I know nothing about animals. So you can put the two things together. I do not understand hide nor hair of this, other than Becky Wood sounded like she knew what she was talking about and she's intelligent. Over to you in Sanguin. Well, she did. And in fact, Becky, thank you for that. Because a a good food for thought. I know someone who runs a therapeutic uh, riding center here, not far from Sengwan. And she has people from people who are ill, from young children to or people with mental handicaps. And it's a, a thriving business. And in fact, it's been going on for at least 20 odd years now. So in fact, the fact that old Shula has never actually it's never occurred to her before never come across it's just kind of typical Shula really isn't it so I don't want to go into Shula because she irritates me too much harsh harsh harsh. I know you love it's not that I love Shula but I just think I think and I've said this on many a dumb done before in the past I think there's a lot of Shula hate goes on because a lot of people secretly see themselves in her right you know, she's somebody who, Ooh. I've said this before, Madame Berto, this is not a surprise. Right. However, mm. I think Alice gave a fulsome praise this week. You know. She did. And in fact, I don't think Alice is re- will, is really, she's saying things, but she's not recognizing out loud how much help it really gave her. She's saying, yes, thank you very much. But, you know, is she going to help Shula with... And she, she should. The, I personally believe that the stables is Alice's future. 
mm. uh, and it will what it's what will support her through the the bad times to come and the, in in the road out of her this misery that she's been through. Well, I, uh, because horses and riding is her thing. It most definitely is. It most definitely is. It, it's a lot of people's thing in, in the village. But I would say it was there was a double whammy. Not only was it a respite just away from home, so she could be with animals, be with the horses, she could go and clean out. But it also yeah. was her cousin Shula giving her very soft pastoral care and space. Right. So it wasn't just Indeed, the, yeah, you know, absolutely. so, you know, stop being so mean to Shula. Stop being so mean. Oh, sorry. I'll, I'll stop. I'll stop that then. But Shula's kind of misses things, doesn't she? For someone who is so good at giving that kind of pastoral care to people like Alice. Mm. And she was great for William. And she's been great for other people along the, uh, over the years. But she's someone also that misses the, the big things, you know, about, Maybe she didn't want to develop the stables in that way, but I don't know. She's just someone who's a bit hit and miss, in my view. Harsh, harsh, Madame Berto. I put it hey, to you. There you go. I put Sorry. it to you that we all evolve as as we grow older, emotionally, physically, but also our business now evolves as well. And you, you can't do everything from day one. I put it to you. Well, I agree. And in fact, when you say, said business now, so I, my hackles rise because I immediately think of bloody Justin and what he wants. And that is a businessman who's just going to spoil any kind of pastoral care or anything to do with the, st the stables if we're not careful. But to be fair to Justin, wasn't Brian the same when Kate first came to him with Spiritual Home? He just thought that this was just playing around and nonsense. But even Brian has begun, you know, realized that you can take a more holistic uh, approach to, to people and to business, and it can still bring in the readies. True, true. I don't know about the bringing in the readies bit. We've had no proof of that because we don't know who and how she supports herself. But yes, I agree. Brian didn't he took it as a joke thing but no but Brian did say remember after he had his his scare a few weeks back he was all fulsome the week afterwards with how yeah you're right actually sorry I'd forgotten that yeah you know he was very fulsome he said you know you've made a real business out of this and I didn't think you had it in you etc etc so anyway Brian Aldridge has given anybody praise when it comes to business my gosh they must be a tycoon because, like, Indeed. he's <laughs> not readily going to say that about anybody, is he? All right. So, so <laughs> the long and short of it is, you're being mean to Shula. You should stop being mean. She isn't all just beige cardigans. And what did she have? What was that thing when uh, she was moving all the stuff out of Alistair's? It was beige cardigans and uh, it's something about. And her number two jeans or something. Yeah, like something that. about jeans. It was all, all, all very. Not her going out best jeans. Yeah. Oh, dear. Scraping the bottom of the barrel there. <laughs> <laughs> anyway so it's official you're being mean slapped wrist for you you got to start being mean thank you becky wood i've got a sneaky feeling that was our first time we've ever had becky wood on the show i saw you just roll your eyes there i saw that i saw that <laughs> that's not fair you've got your video turned off and i can roll and yawn as much as i want <laughs> Right, Becky Wood. Becky, please let us know if you are a first-time caller in or a, I've got a sneaky feeling that you are, but I have taken somewhat of a... Yeah, I wondered that mm, as well, yeah. 
So we're going to have to reinstitute the, if you are a first-time caller in just let us know that you are a first-time caller in And what is your, your heritage, your vintage, when it, when it comes to uh, all things Archers? When did you start listening? What do you do for a living? Et cetera, et cetera. That'd be all tickety-boo. So if you are a first-time caller in ring in next week and say, actually, I was a first-time caller in a Royfield. And, and that'd be awesome. So that's Becky Wood. Now we're going on to someone who's most definitely not a first-time caller in It's our Brian. Buggy Squires, don't you know? Morning all, it's Brian, hope you're well. Yeah, a couple of things this week. Firstly, the way, I thought the way the Brad and George were introduced was masterful, absolutely perfect. Really felt like you've known, you know the characters, you know who they are, what they are, what they're about. And that's part of the, mostly the script writing, of course the acting was well done well as well. So really impressed by that, even though what Brad looks like, excellent. Secondly, it's the... My semi-regular rant about the bridge farm business practices. I have to admit, I don't know the best way of store packing cheese to, for, to be delivered online. But then I am not in the business of doing that. Helen has been running a cheese business for God knows how long. And now and she has to ask Susan how to send cheese through the post. Well done, Susan. Give her the job of running the cheese firm cheese side of it she seems to know what she's doing much more than helen does she just stick to making the stuff running the business should be done to susan how bridge farm cake stays business and that's that thing of tom putting on the website about how their, their business is in trouble yeah that's just a way of getting making sure the suppliers are going to demand cash up front so that's going to cause them a cash flow problem if nothing else but well there you are i don't know how bridge farms run for donkey's years but there we go i think i should stop there otherwise i shall go off on a tangent about more weird stuff they've done anyway i think yeah i'll leave it there okay love you to talk to you i'll see you again bye 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 right we talked about this last week didn't we i i, I just like why do we get these excruciating details of the marketing plans of bridge farm there's always the website always needs updating and there's a new bit of messaging and whatever. And why, 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 why? What I don't understand, Royfield, is that it was only last week or the end of last week that she was talking about starting a mail order business and all of a sudden people are complaining about it. Nobody sets up a mail order business in three days. There's some kind of weird and wonderful way of going on bridge farms always been like that they decide to do something talk about it on sunday by friday it's up and running and by the following sunday it's got a problem with it <laughs> i agree with brian <laughs> that 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 is very true and, and you would think she has but you know brian makes a stunningly simple point she's been in the cheese business for for god knows how long right you would think <laughs> she would know how to send the stuff in the post you would yeah, she must have sent stuff to, I don't know, when did she did the farming awards? They can't have all come there to taste it. Exactly. People must have had samples sent. I know, it was ridiculous. A, a very weird and wonderful storyline, but hey-ho, we need at least we... At least we got to hear... I'm not going to be negative about Helen. At least we got to hear Helen in her milieu. Mm, I, I must admit, you know, I, though I just... I, I made the point when we first started doing dum dum for the first like three years or so. And this was slightly pre her and her and Rob. 
But fundamentally, the Archers for about three to four years was the Helen show. It was. You know, it was. Yeah, it was. So I'm still quite happy to have a little bit of a Helen break, to be fair. Right. If I, if that's harsh, you know, I, you know, my wrist is there to be slapped by somebody. I would never accuse you of being harsh. I would never accuse thank you of being you, harsh. Thank you. Thank you. I don't think I'm not as unkind as you. <laughs> <laughs> but I just think, oh, you know what? When Helen's on, I just think, oh, a little bit of me on the inside just dies just a little smidgen of me just died but anyway but can we add tom to that can we add tom to that it's not just helen it's helen and tom mm. the whole bridge farm thing the no, younger generation i was going to oh. pat and tony i no i ooh. like tony like him no. i like i like a bit of tony him in his old sports car his old mg yeah oh, no 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 and no his no. train set yeah but that's no, definitely at least he's got a hobby there you go at least he's got a hobby I have to say, he's got that going for him. There you Sports go. Sports car, hobby. There you go. No. There you go. Yeah. And, and I like Natasha. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's, is that enough Bridge Farm? Yeah, for it this is. Week? It we is. I think, I think we've done Bridge Farm. Moving swiftly on. on. Brad and George. Yes, indeed. Brad and George. Ooh, Welcome. That's a, that's a... Yeah, welcome to them both. And what good writing, what good descriptions of them. The BBC even put stuff on Twitter about who they were, who the actors were and blah, blah, blah. Brilliant stuff. Good next generation feuding coming up, coming on at us. Exactly, exactly. And we've got the, the two working class families. We have the scions of both who, which, as you've said, are going to be feuding for a generation also. You know, George is going to go off. Can I just say one mm-hmm. thing? Yeah, George, George, Baden, I want to slap him. But Brad, he's going to go away. He's going to go off, isn't he? And then come back yeah. and be conflicted. He's one part working class, another part aspirational middle class. Going to have all of that going on. That's going to be his storyline for the next 20 years. After he comes back from uni. I jolly well hope so. I jolly well hope so. I think it's good. I hope they don't send him off and then he comes back and faffs around like Phoebe did and then goes off to Scotland. No, I think he's going to go away, study. Mm -hmm. Great. Mm -hmm. He's going to do something great. And he's going to be maybe not a permanent fixture in uh, Ambridge, but a a semi-permanent fixture. He's going to be not far away and he's going to... You know, rock the boat with those uh, absolutely. The people and you know what? He's going to be the horror bin that does good. You heard it here first, right? And he's going to have a wonderful relationship with, with his mum. You, you know, Tracy's not Indeed. going anywhere. This is going to be all wonderful because one of the things which we always say is that the working class families on this show never catch a break. The break is going to be caught with our George. And sorry, with our Brad. You heard it here first. Mark my words. Absolutely. I'm total agreement with you, Royfield. Good. The, uh, what? I think we've had two calls. <laughs> oh, yeah, we have. We have. However, very, very quickly. You know, like, Brad is, like, wonderful. And everybody's like, oh. And the fact that, like, he remembered the next day to say to Oliver, how are you feeling? Yeah. You know, wonderful. Yeah. So good. Isn't he a bit Johnny-esque in that everybody just loves Johnny? 
Yeah, I I agree. And in fact, just when I heard that very first thing, I thought, oh, he's kind of an innocent, a bit like Johnny was. Johnny was. I always remember Lucy V. Freeman and her, oh, isn't it's a cow, isn't it wonderful? You know, <laughs> his enthusiasm. Do you remember that? Yes. <laughs> Lucy was fantastic at doing his, taking his, uh, taking Johnny off, but yeah, I agree, and I th- I feel like Brad is of the same ilk, and mm. he is is very lovable immediately. There's lovable. a little bit more pathos in, in Brad than than Johnny, but yes, they are both just like good, pure characters. But you are completely and utterly correct, right? We have done two look, calls, Royfield. I think you've. But I look, Royfield. I just mm-hmm. want to take you up on that. I think you only say there's more pathos because he hasn't got a Yorkshire accent. Because Johnny's got a good old Yorkshire accent. A bit like you. A bit like me. <laughs> there you go. You, but you're right, though. It says two calls right. then. The best and the easiest way for you to record a message or a plot prediction is to go to www.speakpipe.com forward slash dumpty dum. Don't forget the T in the middle. And you will also find a link in our show notes. And don't forget that we need your calls in by 6pm on Sunday UK time. Please try to keep your call to a maximum of two minutes and bear in mind that you need to be at least 18 to take part. Now, we do need your help because without your help, there is no podcast. It's just me and Madame Berto just like talking in, into the void. So we do need caller in us. So first of all, if you haven't done already... Hit the subscribe button on whatever podcatcher you listen to us on. And if you could give us a five-star review, that'd be hugely appreciated because the more great reviews that we get, the more listeners we get to the community that is dum dum And finally, the third thing that you can consider doing is becoming a Patreon. Now, one of the great rewards of being a Patreon is that you can have a ringside seat when we do our Friday Zooms. They were a thing of legend a couple of years ago, and we're going to bring them back. The first one will start, if not the end of this month, most definitely the start of August. So what Patreon is is a way of tipping creators, and there are different levels with different rewards. So just go to patreon.com, which is P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com. Search for Dumpty Dumpty. We chuffed to bits to have you and your support now before we go back to our calls don't forget you can send us an email if you don't fancy hearing your voice by going on to dumptydum.com and hitting the contact us link so next we have it's all oh, it's my vicky cole it's vicky cole here in wiltshire at the moment calling in for the first time for months and months and months i always seem to be behind with the archers and with dumpty dum but i have caught up so here i am first off i hope P&Q might be listening to this. I just wanted to say thanks to them for all their brilliant work. I very much enjoyed their time at the helm. It is wonderful to hear Royfield back. And welcome, Jacqueline. It is lovely to hear you too. A few thoughts about the Archers this week. George has turned out to be a very nasty person, hasn't he? I do remember yes. a few months, uh, a few years ago, there was some problem with him, wasn't there? He stole something and tried to put the blame on somebody else. But he's been quite quiet in between. But he was so poisonous to Brad. I just thought how sad all his grandparents would be to hear that. Brad, on the other hand, I thought turned out to be lovely. I hope we hear a lot more of him. It sounds as though he's a, a character joining the cast now. So that's lovely. And I have a small plot prediction that perhaps Oliver will begin to take Brad under his wing and support him like he did all that time ago with Ed, which could in the short term lead to a lot of divided loyalties for Brad. 
but hopefully in the end would lead to a, a bit of a reconciliation between Oliver and Tracy. I do hope so. That would be such a lovely story. Anyway, thanks for all you do. Very much enjoy the podcast. Stay safe, everybody, in this heat. We're not very good at weather in England, are we? But I hope everyone is, is okay. Bye then. Tatty, bye. I don't think, I really don't think that the whole Oliver and Tracy schism is going to last that long, to be fair. Because Tracy's already, you know, you, you could, you heard her, you know, oh, how's Oliver? How's he doing? Et cetera, et cetera. And it was Chelsea going, Rrr. but actually Tracy is, you know, she's very much softened, hasn't she? Vis-a-vis Oliver. She has. She's she's an all she's an all around good egg, isn't she, Tracy? And I don't think she'll ever hold a grudge for very long. And I mean, it's not really him, is it, that's plunged her into it. So and I even I think she can see that. She sold the hotel. And it's the new people, whoever they are. Grr, why don't we know that who they are? It's them that's plunged her into her chicken factory, a hell. True that. True that. Crumbs, I really do have short-term memory loss here. What else did, 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 our, did our Vicky, sorry, my Vicky, say? Your Vicky, mm-hmm. your Vicky. No, 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 I, I have lovely proper Vicky dibs on, on, on Vicky Cole. You do. Ever since she sent that first call in from Kenya with the birds singing in the background. Yeah. She had you, didn't Absolutely. she? She did, yeah. yeah. And there's a distant roar of lions. I remember very well. Distant roar. Arr. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I'd just been on her honeymoon to Kenya at the time. And then, funnily enough, a few years later when she was in Sri Lanka, mm-hmm. I went on holiday to Sri Lanka. So never what? managed to meet her, but there you go. I know, never managed to meet up. Ridiculous. Did you message her? Two foreign countries with her. Yeah, I did, but it was just one of those crazy things. She was going on holiday back to the UK when I was there over Christmas and New Year. So, hey, we did. We tried. We tried. I have. Um, Oh, gone. You go first. No, no, I know. You've met up with her, haven't you? Yes, I have. And I was such a gentleman. And actually, I was was a little bit scared, really. You didn't drool on her, did you? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, because I think I think Mr. Cole, who he wasn't actually there, w- w- would have come after me if I had. So, so, so I think he yes, would. Yes. yes. But what is utterly <laughs> lovely? It's one of the lovely things about about Dumpty Dum is that Dumpty Dumbers have met up with each other. Because I know that she did a trip throughout Canada, and she met up yeah. with a couple of Canadian Dumpty Dumbers, and that was wonderful seeing those pictures. But that was oh. all a, a few years ago. Isn't it fantastic? All these years, yeah, exactly. Over the last eight years, so many of us have managed to meet up with one or two people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, no matter where you are, you can always get together. We had a tractor thing, didn't we, at one point? Uh, well, a map. Can we do, do we still have that? You know that? what? We, we're going to have to dust the tractor off properly properly you know what let's talk about tractor next week i'm going to dust it off for next week because because yeah. that's my yeah. because sort it out. i know that you also met jojo sexy heels didn't you i've met her several times just in france look, look at that this look at this community that, that, that we've built up wonderful wonderful I wonderful i know ah. really good really good stuff. one thing that vicky did say though is she was making a prediction about about oliver taking brad yes. under her, his wing yes yes rather like caroline and and he did with william yeah yes was it william? yeah it was william, william. yeah it was yeah. william i had a sudden sudden blank then yeah and and in fact i agree i think that would be that is a great prediction mm. it would be a lovely thing to happen they seem to get on well and brad was so lovely with oliver as you said you know remembering the next day yeah. that what the previous day had been for him mm. really caring 
Mm. Uh, absolutely. Well, it's one of the things which the Archers just does really, really well, which is intergenerational relationships. It does it so yeah. well. Utterly, utterly yeah, so well. it really, really does. We've already seen it, haven't we, with Jim, Jim and Chelsea. Yes. Such an amazingly strange relationship, but... Wow, it works. But it, it totally does. It totally does. So proper thumbs up to all of that script writers over there at, at the Archers. Now, uh, another Indeed. thumbs up goes up to this stalwart of the community. It's Witherspoon, don't you know? Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy. <laughs> Greetings, Royfield, Jacqueline, and all Dumpty Dumbers around the world. It's Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here. I thought it was an entertaining week in the Archers, even if we had to put up with Pip's defensiveness and whining and the Bridge Farm wet cheese storyline. But my favorite part of the week was the introduction of teenagers Brad and George. I was reminded of the intro a couple of years ago of mates and second cousins Ben and Rory hot riding around the fields. Just to point out, Brad and George are actually first cousins once removed. However, the year older but generation younger, George, doesn't treat Brad as family. No one is fond of George right now, and we can say our suspicions a number of years ago that he stole some church money, was that it, were probably correct. Brad is the more interesting teen. I've been complaining for a long time now that none of the younger offspring of the working-class farmers of Ambridge seemed interested in pursuing higher education. Maybe Uncle Kerry and the other scriptwriters were listening because now we have both Mia and Brad. He's smart and hardworking, but a bit introverted and angst-ridden. I hate when young people like him are bullied for being intellectual and wanting to pursue professional opportunities. He's also not had a strong male presence in his life. We know that Oliver will eventually fill that role and financially support his higher education aspirations. But in the meantime, poor Oliver can't do right by the Harbin family. First off, he didn't sack Tracy. He sold the business and Tracy was then laid off by her new employer. And now Eddie should give Brad the second week earnings as he made a verbal promise to do so. Speaking of Eddie, cough, cough, I think he has farmer's lung brought on by an allergic reaction to breathing in moldy hay. Not a good thing to have. In the meantime, stay cool, everyone, and talk to you soon. Thank you for that, Mr. Spoon. Eddie did sound a bit rough, didn't he? Yeah, he did have a. He did sound a bit rough. And in fact, Witherspoon took me up on me saying, "Oh, maybe he's just tired out from hay haymaking." And he said, "Well, you know, maybe it's just his age. Because what is it? What age is Eddie? He must be in his seventies." And he's moving around hay bales. Mm. You, you know, with a spoon, mm. did remind me that they don't put in these kind of things. Little hints help, and I agree. In fact, by the end of the week, I decided, yeah, he's struggling. He's got something going on there. Yeah, most definitely. Most first time you heard him, you thought, "Blooming hell, he sounds old." I know we haven't heard him for, for a little while, but yeah. And then there was the no. coughing and the spluttering, and yeah. So, yes, well spotted, Mister Spoon there. Indeed. And in fact, I hadn't managed to because my week and my crazy network, crazy internet being up and down, up and down until a few days ago, I hadn't managed to listen to the messages. So in fact, Witherspoon agrees with me that in fact, 
It wasn't Oliver that sacked Tracy. No. It was the new empl- new employers. So thank you for that, Witherspoon. I feel very, I feel vindicated. Yeah, no, utterly, utterly spot on. I mean, it wasn't Oliver at all. But I suppose it just gives some gives people a direction, a target for their anger, for their frustration, even though it's misplaced. Yeah, absolutely. It's misplaced, but that... Yeah, it is misplaced, but it's also, it's like you always choose the person in the village, don't you? Mm. You wouldn't choose some anonymous person because as I keep going on about, you know, we don't know who owns it. We do not. We do not. Right. Uh, last caller in a row, uh, this week is uh, Christine. Hello, Royfield. Bonjour, Jacqueline. And hello to all fellow dum-to-dummers worldwide. This is formerly cycling Christine here. It's been fraught past few weeks, so I haven't been contacting you, but I just thought I had to briefly speak to you. This is Monday, our following Sunday evening's episode, with Brad being employed by Eddie for two weeks to do the haymaking. Over the past few months, I've been getting increasingly annoyed with some of the ridiculous things that have been going on in the arches. And this is just another one. The idea that the Grundies would employ someone to help them out on haymaking for two weeks is just ridiculous. Is this the same haymaking that a few years ago, Emma, as a complete newbie, only took either a day or an evening to to bail up herself when Ed was away shearing with Jazza. There's Eddie there to do haymaking in the evening. There's Will, who hasn't got a proper job. There's Ed, presumably, who's got time when he's not contracting. And I just can't imagine that they would even think of paying anybody else to help out with it. On top of which, two weeks, how much hay are they making? We have a field next door to us and the farmer comes in with his tractor for a short amount of time, sort of one afternoon or one evening to turn the hay over and another short amount of time to bail it up. Absolutely ludicrous. They just need to pull themselves together. Thank you. Bye. Crumbs, strident words. She wasn't happy, was she? She said, it's not believable. Well. I agree with her in some ways. Yeah, it's a weird old story. As as Christine says, yeah, I live surrounded by fields. And on last Monday, they were all cut. <laughs> by Tuesday evening, they were all gone. <laughs> you know, the hay, the straw, everything, it's all, all moved on. Mm-hmm. Finished. Uh-huh. So I don't know what they're doing. They're doing the whole of contracting for two weeks in Borchester. But it's a good opportunity to mix to mix new people isn't it so maybe we have to give them a bit of artistic license yeah, exactly exactly you you can <laughs> be generous can't you you're just not generous to shula but oh. but you know. oh, shut up. <laughs> well, it's true it's true you're, you're very harsh it's true <laughs> very harsh I indeed harsh. i'm a hard woman so there you call her inners. But there is something, though, Madame Berto, which I thought our call inners would have been quite exercised about, or at least not quite interested in, which was little Rosie being overweight for her age. Well, we don't know officially she is overweight, do we? We just know that she's a bit on the chunky side. Mm. But what was more interesting for me was the fact that Ben had the wherewithal and the grit to actually say something to his overreactive sister and then 
Pip actually accepted that perhaps there was a thing after she'd been so dramatic about him interfering. So, but obviously she's on the big side, but let's face it, you know, she's from good farming stock with a bit of, <laughs> you know, whatever. You can be a big girl, but I, I hope mothers are allowed to be upset by aunts and uncles saying something. Mm. Hey, mm. I did think it was a nice little aside. I wonder how much this is going to become a, a thing because mm, the, the fact of the matter is she did know, even if she didn't admit it to herself, that she was a little bit big because she came round to it pretty fast. Yes, there's the whole thing about, you know, yeah. the, the school clothes and she couldn't fit into them. But she kind of knew, you know, but nobody wants to hear that though, do they? No one wants to hear because... No, they don't. You know, so, yeah, exactly. Because like ultimately you, you do feel like it's a failure with you and, and your parenting. And I thought Ben was... You do. Yeah. And I thought Ben was actually really quite diplomatic about it. He made his point, but he didn't say that she was fat. He didn't quite call it, you know, she's over a BMI, but fundamentally. He didn't even say she's chunky, did no, she? No, 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 you know. But I, I just thought it's a, a great little aside that, but I just wonder where it's going to go. I have utterly no idea. I haven't, do you have a plot prediction at all? Oh, no, you know me, I've been trying to make plot predictions for years and I've never got one thing right ever. I do feel that it was so well done and I felt for Pip, but it's not really a surprise. She, I know she's had Jill in her life all her life for cooking mm. things, but her mum isn't exactly a kitchen goddess, is she? I mean, she's pizza and frozen oven chips through and through. And so maybe Pip just kind of would think that that's the way that you feed a child, you know, and she doesn't know. I mean, I don't know. I'm waffling really about uh, it because uh, uh, I find that... She, how else do you feed a child? Vegetables, and sp Ugh. a lot of spaghetti. My children have been brought up on pasta. <laughs> <laughs> that I believe in pasta rather than mash. That that was that was Daddy's speciality when when my kids were small, pasta pesto. Yeah. Daddy, can we have some uh, more pasta pesto with cheese on top? That was the sum yeah, total exactly. of my culinary skills when it comes to feeding my kids. <laughs> I tell you, but anyway, anyway. Well, in fact, my children, especially the eldest ones, when we went out, they were really shocked that they were served other things rather than pasta. <laughs> They just love pasta and salad, so hey-ho, it's easy, isn't it? Very, very <laughs> much so. Just a bit interesting to see how where the story goes. We should be watching this one closely. We will indeed. Now, so that, folks, is your, is your caller in us this week. If you, if you, you know, some people don't want to hear their own voice, right? Which is never something I've been accused of that I don't want to hear my own voice. But if you're one of those, right, you can send us an email. And Jacqueline Berto is going to tell us how you can do that. If you'd rather send an email, visit the dumbtdum.com website and click the Contact Us tab at the top of the page. Do get your calls and emails in next week by 6pm UK time on Sunday. Remember, you need to be 18 or over to submit any views or comments. From Caller in we go to Emailer in And at the first one, now this one's a little bit of a monster, right? So I'm going to make an editorial decision halfway through actually talking about this. I'm going to put half of this in red because I'm going to run out of puff. So half of this is now in red, which will mean nothing to you, dear listener, other than Jacqueline Berto will voice half of this. 
Hi, Royfield and Jacqueline and to all Dumb Dumbers. Firstly, I'd like to say a big thank you for all of the lovely comments I've received about my music. And it's a real pleasure for me to be creative for your great podcast. I play the piano for children's pre-primary ballet classes where I compose little tunes for tiny feet. I hope, Royfield, you got the Bob Marley esque mashup most definitely did now on to my plot prediction she has a plot prediction it's miss marie bray's plot prediction folks so brace yourselves it's a lovely summer's evening and chris and alice are discussing plans for the christening it's all going very well and they are getting quite cozy and in the heat of the moment chris leans in and kisses alice alice pulls away and is in a complete fluster what are you doing chris chris looks horrified and says but i thought no no chris i can't alice storms off taking martha who is sound asleep in her buggy and oblivious to the goings-on chris is devastated and makes his way to the ball meanwhile alice has bumped into kirsty and ardell who are taking an evening stroll alice pours her heart out and kirsty calms her down and persuades alice that maybe the time is right to give things another shot they go back to Alice's to discuss it further, and Ardell politely makes himself scarce as he has managed to spill lemonade all over his trousers. <laughs> At the bull, Chris bumps into Amy, who has come back for a few days as she split up with her boyfriend and needs a break. Uh-oh. After a few hours of drowning their sorrows and ranting about relationships, they stumble out of the bull and are making their way back to Chris's. By now, Alice has calmed down and has realized that the one thing missing in her life is Chris, and she really wants him back. Kirsty minds Martha, and Alice makes her way to Chris. Chris's. Cue theme tune. Is she too late? What will she walk in on? Dum, 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 dum. Yeah, I think that's the wrong theme tune. <laughs> and Marie says to us at the end, hope you like it. Laura Love, bye for now. Thank well, you for fantastic. that, Marie. That, that, that was wonderful. Now we have another electronic missive, and this one's from Bernadette Hawkes. Hello, Royfield. Listening to the podcast on the 11th of July, it was fascinating stuff about your uncle's funeral. The waiting time between death and funeral seems to be getting longer, in my own opinion. I was terrified about how long the wait would be between my mum's death on the 7th of December 2021. I was really firm with the family. I am the big sister after all. And, the, and told the undertakers that we wanted her funeral to happen as soon as possible. Given that Christmas and New Year were looming, the, the funeral happened on the 29th of December 2021, even though my little sister had to get from the UK to the UK from Oz. There was also a live video link for those in the UK and abroad who couldn't make it as numbers were limited. The link and video cost £500. I pointed out that it was a funeral, not a wedding. I thought the filming of The Wake with group pics was macabre and in bad taste. I can feel a PhD coming on. Thank you for that, Bernadette. You were about to say something. Can I, I say something, yeah, absolutely. You go. Yeah. This this message touched me so much. As as quite a few lovely Dumpty Dum listeners know, I lost my daughter last year in March, March the 7th, and her funeral was on April the 1st. 
Luckily, because I had to go from England to France mid-lockdown, we were 16 people allowed to be in the crematorium for the funeral. And so we had to choose the people, which was extremely difficult. But the rest was, as Bernadette suffered as well, the link in the video costing 500 euros so other family members could be there, including my husband who stayed in France because he couldn't afford the time that we had to do the confinement over there to be able to actually meet with other people. But I I feel a PhD coming on as well. And in fact, Bernadette, if you need any help about your thoughts and the feelings about that, that, uh, that situation engendered, and I'm so, so sorry that you had that after your mum's death, you know, I'm happy to give my thoughts as well because it was a, it added to an extremely difficult time, a very weird and bizarre thing going on. Anyway, there you go. Mm. You know, I, I might have said this last week, I, I really can't remember, but I just was not aware that there was such a lag between the person de- being deceased and then being buried in the UK. I had no idea. And what you said about France utterly surprised me, but feels very rational. I knew that Muslims, it's 24 hours and the bed regardless but i yeah and muslim and muslim friends in the uk have really struggled with that i've got several friends who are of the muslim faith and they really have had many problems especially during the covid which is kind of understandable mm. but even before you know that that whole thing of having to have the burial or the cremation instantly according to their religion mm. I just don't understand the system. Yeah, no. Yeah, I'm really going to look into this as the reason why it is so long. And it's, Cosmo also sent a message on Twitter saying it, it's a scandal how long it actually is in, in the UK. And it does just yeah. feel incredibly odd. It is literally mm. going to be five weeks from Uncle Huey dying to the funeral. And... Tragic. I, you know, and, and I'm not... <laughs> And here's the thing, the body's in the undertakers. So, and, and I'm, I'm not paying out any money on this. Generally what happens in West Indian families actually is that the, the closest people to the deceased will say to other family members, oh, can you chip in? And you're not obliged to, but people will throw in 50 quid here, a hundred pounds or whatever, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. So, so I'll, I'll do, I'll do my bit in that regard, but I'm presuming that the, that the body, the longer it is in the undertakers, the more you have to pay. I'm just presuming. I that I don't know about that. I know, but what upset me most about the long delay, of course, was that I couldn't. I had to wait for the three weeks to pass mm. before I could go and see my daughter, who oh. died when I was in France and she was in the UK. And I couldn't, they wouldn't let me see her because they're not, her dead body isn't stored in a cold storage. It's just in a room. And so you couldn't, they wouldn't let me go and see her because they said that she degraded too much and it wasn't her. So I know that's really hard. It's really hard for for a mama who's lost her her daughter. I'm so sorry. but the whole delay was, you know, oh, it's just, it's, you know, Royfield is, it's part of life you have to accept, but hmm, it's, but very, very, very interesting that you had that with your mama and you have it with your uncle Huey. Yeah. You know, so we, so when he passed, 
he passed at home on the Wednesday morning. I woke up to a text from my folks who were actually in Turkey saying, Uncle Huey's dead. You need to go, you know, go around to see, you know, to see your auntie mm. Mavis. And, and I ran around there. And it was it was a beautifully surreal scene because he was in his hospital bed in the living room and he just looked like he was sleeping. Yeah. yeah everybody walked in and you do a little inward gasp. And mm-hmm. and then you have this slightly uncomfortable conversation because you don't really know what to say. Give your auntie a hug. You know, do you want a cup of tea? And by the time I'd got around, got around there, it was about t- half 10 in the morning. She probably had 15 cups of tea already by, by people. And she was really holding mm-hmm. holding up quite well. You know, you know, the one thing I wasn't quite ready for was when I kissed my uncle on the head. It's like kissing marble. He was so cold. Mm. I just wasn't, I, mm. of course, thinking about it, but I just, that, Jacqueline, it just, oh my gosh. I, you know, just yeah. that, he was so cold and he didn't feel, yeah. you know, but oh, anyway, anyway. Yeah. Terrible. I mean, in fact, we, do, we don't realize, you know, do we, until you're confronted with something like that, that actually what happens after death is the person we know is no longer there. It's mm. their body's left, but it's not the person. They are a marble yeah. character. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Ho-ho. Well, my thoughts are with, with you because not only have you buried a loved one, but, you know, parents shouldn't have to bury, bury their children. And... I actually, we spoke, didn't we, as when you were yeah, in... Yeah, when I was in Confined in York. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah but... you did. And I thank you and I thank all our Facebook friends because I had so many supportive messages and people who live in the York region that knew that I was there holed up in this small house with no outdoor space for 15 days with a teenage child were so kind and offered to bring us, you know, shopping and stuff like that. So it was just such mm. a great dumpty dum support group. So I still thank people for that. Oh, oh, Jacqueline, no, you crumbs! You're bringing a tear t- 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 um, to my eye. <laughs> <clears throat> oh. Right, let's get on to the reviews from Apple Tunes. Yeah, oh, well, 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 there ain't any. So. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, thank god for that because i don't want to listen to this now let's go on to our facebook group which is you know dare i say really now the beating heart of dumdy dum it it used to be twitter but it's but it's most definitely now facebook and let's find out what our facebook community have been saying this week Hello, this is Sandra with a selection from the Facebook group. The storyline involving Brad and George has been a hot topic across all Archer's Facebook groups. Witherspoon spoke for many of us when he said that Brad is his new favourite character. He also said that the character most likely to become a criminal was George. Here is a fab Witherspoon quote. George's inflated sense of self-esteem is as thin as a single sheet of paper. Ray Milner remembered money going missing in the Grundy household some years ago. He believed at the time that Elf had stepped up to take the blame. Pat Ralph Hanavan noted that the writers have set this storyline up over a long, long time. 
There was some discussion over what made George as he is. Shirley Farron Anstey cites Will, who has been unpleasant, but was softened by Nick. She thinks that George has picked up this self-entitled behaviour from his father. Witherspoon wondered if Ed and Emma had indulged George because of his unusual family tree, which is an interesting way of describing it. Genevieve Van Holmes commented that George has the worst of Will and the worst of Emma combined. Sevda Fahi was moved enough to commend the actor. After one very negative comment about George, which I can't possibly quote, Ian Reid said that he is a teenage boy so may grow out of it, or maybe become Prime Minister. Rachel Keane thinks that the Horribins are fast becoming the best family in Ambridge, with exceptions, of course. Pat Ralph Hanavan sees Brad and Chelsea as smart kids who are keenly aware of their family's financial difficulties. Keith Rawlings remembered that Brad had not been so angelic in the past as he had devised a scheme to get money from Philip Moss. He said that he is always amazed at how characters are changed to create a new storyline. Harry Clark thought that the change was realistic, and I certainly agree. Brad seemed to be getting on well with Oliver. I wondered if that would lead to Oliver providing some funding for Brad in the future. Audrey Brown agreed. Rob Williams hopes that Brad will be conflicted about accepting any help. Oliver will ask why, and George's attitude to taking money off of him will come out. Now, that is an interesting thought. Some queried how much hay was actually on Grange Farm. Christine Narramore reminded us that the size of the operation has grown. Some, like Emma Louise Woodhouse, shared stories about haymaking in the past. Thank you, Sandra, and everybody who's posted their thoughts on our Facebook group. You know, without you, dare I say, the beating heart of Dum De Dum is so much the lesser. But now we need to welcome our new Facebook members this week. This week we had... Duncan Hunt. Christine Murdoch. At Home with Jules. Annie Braithwaite, writer. Shambridge. The Shambridge. Woohoo! And I know she's Shambridge's. Oh. She's already with us. Mm. But anyway, welcome, Shambridge. And we are also joined by Frank Price. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And welcome to the community that is Dumpty Dum. We're also on Twitter under at DumTDum. Our team always includes the Archers hashtag using a capital T and A so the visually impaired can enjoy any Archers based tweets. Also, the hashtag is your gateway to the hugely enjoyable tweet along. Also, try and include at dumtdum in your tweet so more people get to see it, which helps to keep our community growing. As well as at dumtdum on Twitter, you can find Jacqueline. Yes, I'm at Jberto Sanguen. So if we were mentioning Twitter, it must be time for Tweet of the Week. And here is a blast from the past. Hello, everyone. It's Q here, otherwise known as 13 Minute Man. Nice to be talking to you again. I should warn you that my selection would have Philippa blushing because it's full of filth, but she's away at the moment. So let's have a bit of fun. 
I know that the Purple Pumpkin likes to start off with a thread that she spotted. So before I hand out the medals, here's this thread kicked off by Stephen Bowden at Wenlock House. An action shot of Adam, a contradiction in terms, surely. To which Leo Holstmeyer at Leo Holstmeyer replies, at least it isn't a money shot. <sighs> On to the medals. In bronze position, it's the wonderful Miranda at Apple Android app. Clary Biog notes, a salmonella outbreak was traced to me here, but it's okay now as I wash my hands after taking a poo. Everyone dumps on me. Don't steal my identity. Gets you a bronze Miranda. Now, I don't know what's got into Rosie Porty at Dame Rosie Porty at Porty Rosie. She is on the warpath. Like others, she's done a bit of George bashing this week. So the mistress of the torture chamber has come up with this one for silver. Looking forward to George being slaughtered and then fed to Eddie in a pie. Tracy needs to hurry up with her butchery course. (laughs) (laughs) But our gold winner comes from Richard Beveridge at Biffo Prop. And I know you spotted this one as well, Jacqueline, and he has penned this for gold. "'Twas the day of haymaking, please let me be blunt. Nothing stirred in the hayloft, because George is a... <laughs> I did warn you. Normal service will be resumed. A much cleaner tweet of the week, I'm sure. Purple pumpkin next week. But uh, for now, bye-bye. Lovely to hear your voice back on the podcast. Mr. Rayner... Brilliant, brilliant. Very good. Thank you, Quinton. And now we are also on Instagram, quite simply on Instagram. We are at Dumpty Dum. So if you're on Instagram, why don't you follow us there also? Do you want to read the, the last bit in red? And then we can wrap this all up. Jolly good. Thanks as ever to all our contributors and to our social media supremos, Shambridge for her voices, and to our podcasting godmother, Lucy B. Freeman. And also, many thanks to P&Q for their sterling work in the last year. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible Resistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.